All right. Well, welcome to another special edition of Sharing Our Journey, a podcast ministry of Harrisburg Baptist Church. We, again, are not meeting um, on Wednesday nights, and you might hear some background noise. We're having some blacktop put in the parking <laughs> lot today. Yeah. and Apparently right outside our window. <laughs> um, it's, it's shaking the building. I'm not <laughs> sure if we're even safe uh, in here right now, but... You know. Um, what was I saying? Oh, oh, no Wednesday nights this <laughs> week and last week because of special, um, special event circumstances, last week special event fall last break week. this week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So we're, we just couldn't, uh, not say something about these, these, um, sections that we're, we're studying, um, as a church this mm-hmm. week and last week. And, and so we thought we would record something put out there and i tell you what, um, this week is is <laughs> something else. It is yeah. something else. It, I, I, can, I, can I tell you the problem? Sure. With this what, week's study. What's the problem with this week's study? This, this section of scripture that we're that yeah. we're going over yeah. is that it's it's you know it's pretty simple, really. It's pretty simple. We just have to cover the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Last Supper, the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' arrest, his trial his conviction, his crucifixion, and his burial. Just those things. Just those things. Yeah, it's minor, really... Minor things. Really, yeah. really small stuff. Um, <laughs> no big deal. And um, I don't even know... I don't even know... <laughs> it makes me ask the question, how and why and what, where, when, and who? <laughs> <laughs> All of those things. Yeah. Um, we should probably start with some prayer, though, I think. Sure. Because it's just so much. It, it is a lot. Um, yeah. So uh, is, is it okay if I pray and, and you yeah. uh, maybe kick us off with sure. what's on your heart? Yep. Um, that works. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for, uh, just thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for how it uh, is is like a, a mirror that we can look into and see ourselves and see um, uh, what you want us to be. And I pray that we uh, would be encouraged today um, because we know that you're, you're not in the business of condemning us, Lord, but that you um, uh, are in the business of molding us and shaping us to be more like your son, Jesus Christ. And so uh, I just pray that as we study these words of yours, that, um, that that's what we would see and that's what we would hear. And that we would uh, be faithful to follow you in those things. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Bo, yesterday when we were recording last week's. Yes. Both of us wanted to talk about the same thing, which was a Jewish festival. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the festival of the tabernacles or booths or tables, whatever name you choose to give it there. Uh Looking at this chapter, there is a lot to cover, but the end of last chapter and the start of this chapter in the story both have something in common. They both have the start of another Jewish festival. Yes, which is? The Festival of the Unleavened Bread. (sighs) Yes. Right? Now, there's also Passover happening, and being people who don't often celebrate Jewish festivals. 
I think it's easy for us to confuse the two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think most Christians that you talk to would understand what Passover is about, right? Because it's it ties back to the Old Testament, to to the angel of death in Egypt, and and how he passed over the homes of of the Hebrews who had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Obvious pointing to what Jesus is going to become for all of of mankind. Right. Because John sees him coming. John the Baptist sees him coming and says, Behold, the Lamb of God comes to take away the sin of the world. Right. And so I think most of us have made that connection. Um, But for whatever reason, I had never really looked into the Festival of Unleavened Bread that much. Well, it has the same connection. Similar. It, it, It points to Jesus, yes. But it's from the exact same time. Right. From the exact same night. Because... The Passover happens, and early, early the next morning, Pharaoh, in his sorrow over losing his firstborn son in the Passover, he uh, he's like, "Get out of here! Just yeah. go!" Right. And they flee so quickly that they they literally don't have time to let the bread that they're baking rise. Yeah. And so it's it's that's the origin story of right. the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But do you know what they did during the festival? So during Jesus' time, by the time Jesus comes on scene, do you know what they did during the Festival of Unleavened Bread? I, I know at least some of it, yeah. It's, so, it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, so leaven in Scripture is often associated with uh, sin, or, or the yeast getting in with the bread is associated with impurity or, or sin, yeah. right? So during the Festival of Unleavened Bread, they were to go around their home, mm-hmm. and they were to remove... Any item, spring cleaning with with leaven in it. Yeah. Now, if we were to do that today, <laughs> like, there's a lot of products that we have in our home, food wise, that would have leaven in it. Mm-hmm. So they would go through and they would remove all these things, even crumbs. Right. Like, even if they found crumbs from bread, they were supposed to remove that from their home as well. So you can imagine if you're trying to go through your home and find every crumb and remove all those things, you're, you're going to miss some, right? Most more, more likely, than likely, I you're going to you're going to miss they, some. They tried to be very thorough. They I'm tried sure. to be very thorough. I'm sure, um, but that was the purpose. They were supposed to clean. It was, it was to clean the impurities from their home. Right. Yeah. So you get this imagery of if leaven is sin, and we're trying to clean the sin from our home. You're cleaning out the interior, your interior. Yes. Of yes. all of that sin. <laughs> but we've just said it's going to be next to impossible to find yeah. all of it. Yeah. Right. Because especially on, if you have kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. But on our own, that's true. On our own, we can't clean out. All of our sin. Yeah. We cannot possibly remove every little crumb mm-hmm. of sin. And so the, the festival in and of itself was a pointing to the fact that we need a Messiah. We yes. need a Savior to cleanse us. Cleanse us, absolutely. And so the timing of Jesus' death coming in the midst of this festival of unleavened bread after Passover, was all just ordained in the in the timing of things by God to to be again just further affirmation 
mm-hmm. for the Jewish people to see what Jesus was doing for them and for all of us. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool stuff. I mean, Paul even um, talks about this. I uh, There's a verse in, in one of the, of the Corinthians. Um, unfortunately, because... I'm not prepared enough right now in this moment. I don't know what that verse is. I'm let's see if I can find it. What's it talking about? What's it talks about exactly what you're talking about. Um, it kind of merges the unleavened bread and the um, Passover mm. um, in one really great verse. Um which I'm going to fail to find in this moment. <laughs> <clears throat> what else are you thinking about? Let me look for this. You, well, 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 that, that, was, that was my main, I mean, obviously this whole chapter, there's so many things like you already said about the crucifixion to look at how, how uh, the world, <laughs> the, the world around Jerusalem in that moment is thrown into utter chaos. And everything's chaotic in the crucifixion narrative except for one thing. Jesus is never chaotic. Mm -hmm. Like all the chaos going on around him in that moment. Yeah. Pilate doesn't know what to do with him. Rome doesn't know what to do with him. Yeah. The Pharisees know what they want done with him, but they don't know really how to accomplish it. Uh, The the disciples are freaking out. Uh, All these things are, and even when the, you get to the day of crucifixion, nature itself goes wild. Uh, it does, yeah. But in that moment, Jesus was never chaotic. Jesus was never um, panicked in any of that. Yeah. Uh, he was troubled, definitely in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see that in, in his prayer, um, but not, not panicked. Uh, and so that stands out to me as well, that, that in the midst of disorder and chaos, Jesus is not either of those things. I was so close. He's not. You're right. That's very good stuff. It's. I was looking at 1 Corinthians 6, and it's in 1 Corinthians 5. Verse 6. So you had the 6. It was just the verse. And it says, um, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Mm-hmm. In verse 7, get rid of the old yeast that you may be a new batch without yeast, as you really are. Mm-hmm. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Yeah. So, yeah. Let us observe the feast not with old yeast mm-hmm. or with the yeast of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth yeah yeah it's a great some really great deep almost you can just almost overlook all of all of that um when you're reading it if you're not careful but yeah but it's a um, a great tie tie in there uh i love that he just like that paul's just writing he's like get rid of the old yeast that you may be a new batch without yeast and then he like pauses yeah just to just let me clarify here, Paul's like, just let me clarify. Since you are this. Yeah. As you really are. Yeah. This is what you are, 
now act now like act, it. Act like you know? it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been really trying to teach um, May that recently as she has um, professed faith in, in Christ, mm-hmm. and but she can often... Um, not act like that, <laughs> uh, being a child and, and sure. still learning to yeah. have some self-control yeah. about herself. And I've, I've um, just been trying to to speak to her in a way where I'm teaching her that she is not, her identity is not wrapped in what she does. Her identity right. is is wrapped in who she belongs to. Right. And yeah. she belongs to Jesus, our Passover lamb. And she is without mm-hmm. leaven mm-hmm. now. She yeah. is without that yeast. Um, she is a new batch of dough. Uh, even though sometimes she acts like <laughs> she isn't. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, this is a great paragraph there in First yeah. Corinthians 5. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, so where do you want to jump in from oh, there? Man. So we co- we covered the festival, but I mean, do you want to go chronological? Well, we didn't cover the festival. <laughs> well, no, we, we talked we, about we, one. We mentioned one, one aspect of the <laughs> festival, and and that's that's my. Which, by the way, I'm starting to think maybe, maybe we as Christians should start observing some of these festivals. I mean, well, they're they're. I think not as a. A, a legalistic, we have to do this right. way, but, but just what they point to, yeah, right. Like there's a, but in a way they, that helps us understand what's going on in the gospels. Yeah. Helps us understand who Jesus is to a greater degree. Yeah, um, it it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a terrible idea. No, <laughs> to I, at least know what they're about, right. you know, and look at them. Uh, you, you know, and um, because that for me, reading about those the last few days, it just changes so much about it enhances so much about what, what occurred. Um, and I think God put those in place for his people. And I think our, our hesitancy sometimes is to look at them and say, well, those are Jewish festivals and I'm not Jewish, but you, you can still proclaim the Messiah and honor an old Testament festival (laughs) because it points back to what God did for his people. And and we are his people and, yeah. and so we can still celebrate what God has done and his faithfulness. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, not in a way where we like right. teach that this has to be done in order to <laughs> obtain salvation right. or anything no, like that. No, because the Messiah but, is, Jesus is to, the means for salvation. Right, exactly. But to to learn and celebrate yeah. who Jesus is and how he prepared how he prepared the world for his coming. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Passover, I don't, have you ever been a part of a Passover Seder? I I did. You uh, did? One time. Not, and, and it was, we, we had someone come into our church, so Uh it wasn't, I didn't go to. So that's what I want to do. I want to go to actually into. Yeah. uh, um, But we had, we had someone come in who who was very studied Mm -hmm. and we had the actual Passover meal with, with the bitter herbs and the. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and there, and every. Part of that has a reason, right? Every bit yeah. of that is to symbolize something. Absolutely, it is. Like we could, I've gone through it with people a, a few times, and actually bought mm-hmm. all the stuff and yeah. like had us do it together. And I tell you what, some of it is 
oh, terrible. Oh, it, <laughs> so yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> like it tastes so bad. <laughs> but um, but what it symbolizes is all really cool. And I don't want to, I'm not going to sit here because just for time's sake, I'm not going to go over every single thing. Right. But it does start with the cleaning of the house, like you mm-hmm. mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when when Jesus and his disciples, they, they um, come to Bethany <laughs> and they, they're staying in Bethany, but they want to have the, their, what we call the last supper or the Lord's supper right. is really the, it's really the Passover mm-hmm. uh, meal, Seder. And Seder is Hebrew for order. Mm-hmm. And so they have this order that they go in. Mm-hmm. And um, even w- when we partake of the Lord's supper, it's in remembrance really of the Passover. Right. Yeah. Um, communion and um, there's bread involved and there's cups plural involved and each of those cups means something different mm-hmm. um, there's different times where they eat bread and those things mean something different and we've simplified it down to these right. two v- a right. bite of this one thing and and you know a little <laughs> right yeah. a, a little yeah. bit of, of of juice or whatever but um the significance of all of it is is huge. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so one of the first things they do is they light it, they light the candle. There's a candle for the Passover Seder, and in their tradition, the eldest woman of the family lights the candle. And again, this is this is like a tradition of theirs, but I think it's so neat that. Uh, and appropriate that a woman lights the candle because it's through a woman mm-hmm. that the light of the world, like we talked about right. yep. in our previous video, um, the light of the world comes into the world through a woman mm-hmm. and the woman lights the candle. Um, uh, they have the first cup. That's the cup of sanctification. This cup reminds them of their set-apartness mm-hmm. as God's people. Um, and God has done the same thing for us today through his son. We've been set apart. We've been made holy. We've been sanctified. Um, we have this set-apartness. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even that cup, which isn't the one that we, uh, we do the third cup. We don't know it as the third <laughs> cup, but we do the third cup with communion. Right. Um, but even the first cup should mean something to us. Mm-hmm. Um, they wash their hands and it's a lot of people think during this time if you remember this the passage about the lord's supper or the last supper uh, jesus washes his disciples feet mm-hmm. and talks a lot about um servanthood and 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 um it, it, a lot of people think it's during the washing the hands part of the ceremony that jesus actually took it a step further and not just um did they wash their hands but jesus stopped and washed mm-hmm. their feet and it's it's um it's interesting because it's meant to remind them the washing of the hands remind them that no man should enslave another mm-hmm. all right and but the disciples are sitting around the table and they're arguing <laughs> right. about who is Who's greatest. greatest yeah yeah arguing about who is greatest and Jesus reminds them that even though he is the greatest in the kingdom he is among them as one who serves. And that's in Luke 22, 27 mm-hmm. that he says that. Mm-hmm. But he sets this example for them to serve one another no matter what. 
by washing their feet. And he brings them back to the true reason that they're celebrating, that, that no one should be enslaved to another. Yeah. And, I mean, come on. There's just so much <laughs> right there. Right. That Jesus, who, if anyone could had the authority to enslave anyone else, it would be the God of the universe. <laughs> yeah. And, but instead, he takes the position of a lowly servant and mm-hmm. washes their feet. Mm-hmm. Says, you guys are arguing about who's the greatest one among you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not what this is about. Yeah. This is about being there for each other mm-hmm. and and walking with each other and serving one another. I don't know, man. It just, Jesus does stuff like this. And yeah. I, I start getting teary-eyed. Like yeah. there's tears forming in my yeah. eyes right now yeah. thinking about it. And Well, and, and, and you got to think through all, all the men whose feet he were, he was washing are sinful, right? Yeah. Because we all sin. But, but you got to think specifically who was in that circle yeah. that he washed. He washed. And all the different personalities and all the yeah. different ways in which yeah. they, yeah. some of them were hotheads, some of them exactly. were liars. Yeah. I, mean, were, I mean, you, had, yeah. you have Simon the Zealot, right? Yeah. Which in scripture, if you read what that really means, he was a terrorist, right? That's mm. what a zealot was during that time. Yeah. And he washes his feet. Then you have Peter, who Jesus knows is going to deny him yeah. later that night. Yeah. And he washes his feet. Yeah. And you got Judas who has already taken the money to mm-hmm. sell him out. Yeah. And Jesus knows that and washes his feet. Yeah. And uh, really, it just makes, it makes it, it should make us think, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, how are we being like Jesus? How, how am I going to hold a grudge against anyone? Yeah. No matter what they have done or are doing to me, if Jesus can wash Judas's feet. <laughs> knowing that Judas is within hours yeah. is going to the money's kiss in his him pocket. Like the money is literally him. in his pouch. He's already he's already received payment. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. Yeah. That I don't care who you are, that should be convicting. Yes. Because we all have yes. those kinds of things in our in our life where, you know, we're bitter towards him or we're angry with her. Right. Whatever. Right. And um, Jesus just, he's just not, that's just not him. That's, and that's not who we're supposed to be. Again, because we're a new batch. Right. That's who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Because of our Passover lamb, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Um, they have some parsley that they dip <laughs> in salt water. Yeah. And then they eat it. Which mm, doesn't that sound? It tasty? sounds parsley oh, and sure. salt. Water. Parsley and salt water diet. Mm, That's the next yeah. Christian diet, I think. Probably <laughs> um, the, the parsley reminds them of life, but the salt reminds them of tears. And the point is that with that a life without redemption is a life of tears. Mm. Um, and so they they look again back to the Exodus that a life yeah. without redemption is a life of tears. And uh, um, so so that's. That's neat. And the whole time they're taking all these things, they're, they, they, they're recounting the story of the Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they have the breaking of the matzah. And, the, and this, is, this is interesting. They have this bag called the matzah tosh. And matzah is unleavened bread. Okay, right. That's what they right. call it. And it's basically like a really big saltine cracker, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have salt on it. Right. 
It's just flour and water. That's right. all it is. Right. And they stick three matzah on top of one another, and they put it in this bag. Um, <clears throat> but at this point in the meal, they take out the middle matzah, mm. specifically the middle the one. The middle one, yeah. And they break it. Mm. And they take the bigger half and they wrap it in linen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they hide it somewhere in the house. And it's it's extremely important. It's so important that the Seder meal cannot end without that piece. And we're going to come back to that piece. So yeah. just remember, it's yeah. the middle piece yep. broken, wrapped in linen, and hidden away. Yep. Um, so then they, they go through and they tell the story and they have the second cup. Um, I'm going to kind of skip some of, of that part uh, for time's sake. They wash their hands again. They they have a blessing, and then they eat the matzah. So the matzah is distributed, and they say two blessings, the regular bless, bless, blessing over the bread and a special blessing over the matzah to signify the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So here we go. This is right, the beginning right. of it, yep. all right? Yep. Um, that matzah is dipped in the uh, dishes on the Seder plate. And this is the first taste of the matzah that they get. So the Feast of Unleavened Bread, um, you know, like you already said, leaven represents sin. And, of course, we're supposed to be vigilant and watch out and beware that, that you know, like God told Cain all those mm-hmm. years ago that the sin is crouching at your door, you know, Waiting that kind of to a thing. Devour you. Yep. Um, so, uh, interesting also is that the unleavened, the matzah is also referred to as the bread of affliction. Mm. Um, yeah, the bread of affliction. Yep. They, 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 they think about it as in remembering their affliction in Egypt. Right. But for for believers, mm-hmm. you know, I think you can't help but but think about the affliction of the Messiah. Right. Him being mm-hmm. completely unleavened without sin as yep. our savior. Yeah. Uh, and the affliction that he went through. Yeah. Um and also, you know, I mentioned that the unleavened bread is simple. It's just flour and water, right? Right. That's pretty easy. That's pretty simple. Um, similarly, the process for us to become unleavened is also simple. We confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. That's yep. it. It's yep. simple. Yeah. It's so simple. And anything that we add to that, any attempt mm-hmm. to earn our own righteousness is just spiritual leaven yeah. that puffs us up. Right. It makes us rise and gives us right. a bi- makes us bigger, gives us a big head, mm-hmm. and that's not what that's not how it works. That's not yeah. what we're called to. Right. Um, it's this very simple thing, and uh, and we have this illustration, and and they have this illustration that they've had for centuries in the un- unleavened bread. Um, that salvation is simple. You, yeah. Put your faith in God. That's, yeah. that's it. Yep. <laughs> um, and they have some bitter herb, uh, horseradish. 
It's terrible. Like, if you want to open oh. up your sinuses, oh, take man. Some, eat some horseradish. Like, just saying that, uh, I remember uh, the yeah. taste of it when I, yeah. Oh. It's awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's bitter, and it reminds them of, of the bitterness and the tears of slavery because it does make you cry, too, when you eat it. <laughs> or it did me anyway. It, it's so it's so bitter. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, and spicy that it really, right. really makes you uh, tear up. Um, there's some other stuff I'm going to skip. They, they also have a feast and then, and then they bring out some other food and they like, they really have a meal, like right. a, a big, right. it is a feast. And, uh, um, again, going back to our last video, the Jewish people, they, they know how to have a festival. They do. Right. So it, it is definitely going to be a big feast, a big, a big to do. Yeah. And part of that feast was was they they would take the Passover lamb to the mm-hmm. temple, yep. where they would sacrifice the Passover lamb for their household, mm-hmm. their family. Um, but then and the and the the priests would uh, roast it whole on the altar, mm-hmm. but then they would get to take the meat home, and that was right. part of the feast. Is that yep. they would back in that time they would right. eat. The, they would eat the lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do that anymore mm. uh, because the temple was destroyed. And they can't go there right. to sacrifice a lamb. Mm. Uh, but that was part of it in Jesus' time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this is this is maybe the best part. We're going to come back to that middle piece of bread, the middle piece of matzah. Um, it's called the afikoman, and before it can end, they have to bring it back. Remember, it's in hiding. It's wrapped in linen. So, um, we look at this picture and, and it's a picture of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. (coughs) It, it's, uh, the matzotosh, the bag, it holds three pieces, three Mm -hmm. pieces in one bag, three in one. What should that immediately remind you? Trinity, right? (laughs) Trinity, right? The father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Yep. And who do we always put in the middle? The sun. The sun. Yeah. And the middle piece of bread's taken out. Um, but if you ask the rabbis what this represents, they don't know. Mm. They debate on what it means. Yeah. Some of them say that that it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Some of them say that it's Hebrew worship, where you have the priests, the Levites, and the tribes. But they can't tell you for sure. Yeah. But and I think we look at that and we're like, isn't it obvious? Yeah. But it, even if you go with what they would say, right? Who was Isaac in the Old Testament? He's the child of the promise, the uh-huh. child of the covenant. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. Which, which is also uh-huh. Jesus is the fulfillment of the covenant. Yeah. If you go Levites, who were the Levites? The priests, mm-hmm. Jesus is the, He's high, the high priest. priest yeah. Like so, even if you go with their understanding of it, it still points to who Jesus is. Yeah, certain parts of his character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that's really good. That's really good observation. Uh, I like that a lot. <laughs> um, man, see, this is what makes <laughs> the scripture so yeah. great. Is, yeah. Ah, oh man, yeah. Um, so they remove the middle piece. We look at that as the sun. The sun. 
right? They take the middle piece out and they break it. The sun was broken. Sure. They remove it. The, they wrap it in linen and they remove it from the room. The yep. sun was wrapped in linen and buried. He was hidden mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. And then they bring it back so that the Passover can be completed. And what was brought back? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus was brought back. <laughs> yeah. Um, which this, now, you're, now you're getting ahead. Now that's next. That's next week. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, you can't. You got to tell the whole picture here. Um, so this is the the piece that Jesus takes out at the end of the meal. He breaks it and he distributes it to his disciples, mm-hmm. um, minus Judas because Judas had already left right. yep. the the dinner. Um, but he says he breaks it and he says, "This is my body, given for you." Do this in remembrance of me. That's from Luke twenty two nineteen, mm-hmm. and I want to note that Jesus metaphorically uses the matzah to represent himself. And there's three reasons that he does. Well, other than the reasons we already discussed, there's right. three reasons why he does this. I think one, the matzah is without leaven. We mm-hmm. talked about that. It's right. it's sinless, yeah. just like he was. Mm-hmm. Two. The way that they made it, the matzah was striped, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we know that Jesus was beaten and striped. Mm-hmm. Um, by his stripes, we are healed, right. um, the prophets would say. Yep. And three, the matzah was pierced mm-hmm. in order to make sure that it did not rise when it was being cooked uh, or bubble up. Mm-hmm. They would poke tiny holes in it they would mm-hmm. pierce it and jesus obviously mm-hmm. was pierced for our transgressions right um so without leaven striped and pierced um and it was not just a tradition but it was rabbinical law that they did it that way yeah. <clears throat> and in the same way we see now that our savior was also without leaven striped by the whips on his back and pierced on the cross of calvary that blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, just all of that symbolism. Yeah. Um, right there under their noses, right there for us to just, I mean, it's just right there. Yeah. Um, and then they have the third cup, and this is the one that they have with the Afikoman, and it's the cup of redemption mm-hmm. is what they call it. Mm-hmm. So Jesus shares the, the, the matzah, the afikoman with them, and then he shares the third cup. And this cup represents his blood. Um, in Exodus, it was their faithful response to the blood of the pure, spotless lamb applied to the lintel, to the, to the door frame, that um, caused the, the angel to pass over their home. Um, in the same way, when we respond in faith, Jesus, our Passover lamb, applies his pure spotless blood to the doorposts of our heart and redeems us from sin and death. Yeah. For me, knowing more about this, it really changes communion. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It really transforms it and makes it much more special. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that this isn't just some juice that I'm drinking, this is meant to represent 
the cup of redemption. Right. To remind me that Jesus' blood has been applied to my life so that sin and death have no hold on me. Mm-hmm. That he was, he lived and was born and lived without sin, was pierced and was striped on for, for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that I could obtain a righteousness and a holiness, a set-apartness yeah. that was unattainable mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, and the little styrofoam wafers that we eat don't <laughs> don't necessarily communicate they, that. No, no uh, all of all of the nuance of that. And then they they um they go out from there and and they have a it's called the Hallel. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning part of Hallelujah. <laughs> But they sing a song of praise, and they have the fourth cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to skip that part, too. Not that it's not really good, because all of it is. I just know <laughs> that we don't have a ton of time to discuss everything. <laughs> I, I was going to say, we <clears throat> might be heading for a two-parter. I mean, we could... we could. Well, you know, like, <laughs> it, it really should be. It should be like a five-part. <laughs> it should be like a five-part week. Yeah. Um, but, Yeah. Okay. So any 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 thoughts about any of that? That I mean, as you've already said, it it when you really dig into it that way, the the further you go into scripture and into how God put things in place in the Old Testament to point to the coming of Christ, to point to who Christ is, it is mind-blowing. Yeah. The, the amount of detail, the amount of effort he went to to reveal himself yeah. in that way. Um, and it, and it, it is. There's beauty in the simplicity of the gospel, but there's also great complexity <laughs> in the gospel. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean... There's nothing really you can add to it. It's just it it is mind-boggling when you when you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. This is just it's so much. It's just so much stuff. That's why I'm like, yeah, this should be a five-part series cuz I, I I could we could talk a lot more I, just about the meal. Yeah. And and we could talk a lot more just about and we, the 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 feast. Yeah. We could talk a lot more about we haven't even any gotten, any section. We haven't of even this. gotten to the, the the Garden of Gethsemane or the prayer <laughs> I know. or I know. or the uh, the arrest or the Jesus versus Barabbas. I mean, right? <laughs> I, I hadn't even. Gosh, I forgot about Jesus and <laughs> Barabbas. Oh man. Uh, right? um, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how long we've been going here. Um that, that's why I'm saying I, I'm I'm gonna make a call that we, we split it. So so we can wrap this part and then people can watch it and then we'll record another part. This this week they get two special editions. You, so you want to do okay, you wanna keep going. Okay. Well yeah. we could do that. Okay. I, because I don't want to well, short I don't want to shortchange the crucifixion. Right? Like I, I think I think we have not. to well, we we got, have to, it's it's one of two most significant events in all of human history. Mm-hmm. 
and I th- and and it's coupled with the most significant event in human history that we're going to talk about Sunday. But but I think I think we've got to all that we talked about was fascinating as far as the the feast. But I think I think we we almost have to break and say, okay, there's that. All right. Now all right. let's talk about the events building up to crucifixion. Well, then with that said, this has been Sharing Our Journey, a podcast from Harrisburg Baptist Church. We're glad that you have been here with us today, and we're going to hit stop on the recording and then start again <laughs> in like five seconds. Yeah. So we will catch you on the flippity flip. See ya.